0: Welcome to the Buddy Politic podcast. This is our second episode. I am Andre Tyson, and this with me here is none other than Parker Brewer. On this episode today, we will discuss everything in the current political ranging from student loan cancellation to what the new Biden-Harris administration should focus on, such as immigration, um, what unification would look like regarding Democrats and Republicans right now, um, what unification looks like all just around this country. Um, yeah, there are quite a number of things that we'll be able to talk about tonight, and I look forward to it, Parker. Welcome, I how are you tonight? I'm good, Andre. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, so I know that there is at least one thing that you wanted to talk about um, in the very early part of this podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah. Actually, I was kind of thinking it would be something we might do more often on the podcast, except not just this one-off okay. time. But, uh, you know, we bring some stuff, and I know you have something you want to talk about as well. Um, the thing yes. that I really wanted to kind of talk about, because I think it's really important Um just kind of in our, our collective experience in the world at the moment is that we're, we're waiting on a coronavirus vaccine, or we have a coronavirus yes. vaccine and we're waiting on it to be distributed to everybody. Um, and that distribution process is not going very well. Um, and like, honestly, that's probably mm. partially because of like the orange freak who was in charge of everything for uh, a little while there. But I think that, I think that the whole, approached the response and i really hope that i see the biden administration which we're going to get into a little bit more um i hope that i see them change the way that they're approaching this and i think they've come out with some plans um that i think address some of these issues but the the reality is is that the federal government um that has been kind of overseeing this distribution process at the moment is they're only going so far with the process like once the vaccine doses get to the states then it's kind of on the states to distribute them the way that they want to, which like, I guess on paper would like make sense a little bit. But when you think about what you're doing, you're leaving the people with the least amount of resources in this situation. Like for example, the West Virginia national guard, like West Virginia is not a super like rich area of the country and they don't have the most amount of money. And so they're being forced to do like the job of distributing the the vaccine um, vaccine doses with like no money and very little training um, gotcha. and it's, it's leading to lots of issues. Like for instance, there was a goal to have like 20 million people, um, vaccinated in like by February. And we're at, like, we're at, like 2 million people right now, 2 million people with their first shot. And like, as you know, it takes two shots to get like the full vaccination effect. Right. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. like we're at 2 million pieces mm-hmm. with just the first shot and it's, and, and so we're way behind where we're supposed to be. And part of that is because the federal government is not providing support. I mean, you're hearing about all these issues with the process, like going back to West Virginia, hate to hammer on them, but that's just an interesting example. West Virginia had a situation where they've sh- like gave 40 people a shot of some experimental like anti-vi- um, antibody treatment instead of the vaccine. What? And so like, I'm sitting here going like, that was a, mis- the, I, that was a breakdown in the process, of course, and the you know, because they got the wrong shot, but it's just mind blowing that in like in America, we're still having these situations where like West Virginia is having to figure out how to get their citizens, the virus with no guidance or help from the federal government, nothing from the CDC, nothing from anyone who should be in charge of leading a federal response to the coronavirus. And it's just mind blowing. Um, but the other reason that there's some situations with the virus, with the vaccine is that People don't really feel comfortable with it. Um,
0: That's correct, Parker. You are right. People don't yeah. feel comfortable with it. People a are still a little worried
1: are, about it. A, a lot of
0: people are,
1: and they're very outspoken you know? about it. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's interesting <laughs> that this, this, like, that public sentiment. You know, there is a lot of outspoken worry about that. You know, I know several people myself who are really, like, really against getting the vaccine because they really don't trust what's in it. Um, and that that worry kind of spans the political spectrum. So it's not really like one group or the other, it's just kind of Absolutely. everybody. It is across the board, um, yes. So actually, as we're coming to that, I'm kind of curious, how do you feel about the vaccine, Andre? I'm not, not to put you on the spot, but um, okay. I I'm know. just curious. Um,
0: um, Parker, you know, I okay. am, every time that I see someone post that they've gotten the vaccine or that they share that information, it makes me very happy. It really does. It makes me happy because in everyone um, that I've seen in my personal life who's gotten a vaccine, they've remained very healthy. So mm-hmm. it has made me happy to see it. But me personally, I really, I don't want to get the vaccine. Is there I, a specific reason? So I take my health very seriously, Parker. And I personally, um, I... I just, there is, I just really have no idea what's in the vaccine. I know that that could be said about every vaccine that I've gotten up until this point, honestly, Mm -hmm. but I have seen cases like with, I hate to say, and I hate to be that kind of person that uses such small examples to say like, Hey, look at what happened. But like, Hey, Aaron, for example, I hate to talk about it like this because he just passed, but he got the shot like two weeks ago and past like today honestly and then there were a doctor like and I think that certain stories once they circulate it makes people who are already fearful more fearful Mm -hmm. because I honestly I personally um and then the case is so many other countries did get better without a vaccine. Why are we the only, well not one of the only, but there are other countries, but why were we the one, we need the vaccine though. That's why I say honestly, once the opportunity is presented to me to actually get the vaccine, and honestly Parker, another reason I don't want to get it, I actually hate needles. I know I sound like a child, I probably do, but I try to get as few shots as possible unless I absolutely need them. But this shot, um, and then it'll be two doses, like two shots. I wish you could just have come in like a one dose form or something. I don't know exactly. I really don't know exactly how it works because, look, well, but I really...
1: So that point, actually, Johnson and Johnson's working on developing a a one shot vaccine that should hopefully be um, getting some 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 traction with the FDA and the drug approval process in the next couple months here. So hopefully that will be an option like not too long from now. Hopefully we'll see. Fingers crossed. Yeah,
0: You are absolutely right. I really I heard that, too. And I really do hope that that's the case because then I might be much more willing to take it. You feel me? Because oh, absolutely. Because I really do hate shots, Parker. I really do. And I know that there are a lot of people who just, and the government, honestly, they haven't treated Black people very well when it comes to like certain vaccinations. And I just would be very, I'm just always skeptical. I'm always mm-hmm. skeptical. And so, and I know a lot of people are always skeptical. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But at the same time, I really hope that I would be brave enough to go get it. And I would be one of those people that post a picture, like, hey, I went and got my first dose. Because something that has motivated me, honestly, to go get that vaccine, honestly, that there is another strain or two. I don't mm. that there are now new strains that are much more stronger.
1: And, yes.
0: and so if, and then I saw, I read some article that said that how it showed how it the vaccine was at least um, it was actually very preventative of um, both all the strains, not just the one strain. So right. if it could really protect against three different strains, I might have to go do it. You I know what I mean? Seems like a,
1: the right decision. I mean, I mean, you know, even though you get the vaccine, they say you still have to do the whole so- social distancing thing and wear a mask and all that kind of uh-huh. stuff. So it doesn't really change your experience within the within the pandemic kind of world. But I think that it makes sense in my head to take that step towards like, you know, some sort of herd immunity, you know, I mean, in this country, of course, we've had such issues because we have like half the country that's just decided the vaccine, like the virus doesn't exist and they're not going to take any steps to like protect themselves or their family or anyone else. And uh, that's kind of mind blowing in and of itself, of course. But I think that as much as we can, taking steps towards you know trying to eradicate this and move on to the next stage and uh getting back to a new normal um would be it it makes sense in my head at least to do it so i think i would get it as soon as i had an opportunity
0: i think so too honestly and then you said only two million people have gotten it up until now
1: something along those lines it might be a little bit more since i like that's
0: that's just ridiculous. Honestly, I am going to blame the Trump administration somewhat for that. Mm. I'm, I'm going to blame their entire response to the pandemic to um how it really became out of control, of course, and all the way up into how the vaccine, Biden inherited a non-existent vaccination plan. So Pretty I much. think that we are running from scratch right now. And so I do think that, um, but I do think that that still is no i mean it is somewhat of an excuse but not really still because we could be doing better we could just from right now we could still be just encouraging more and more folks
1: you know what i mean i think that's absolutely true and i think that's the case on not just the coronavirus but on a lot of different issues that the biden administration is inheriting from the outgoing administration which uh we're gonna get into more um, down the yes. road, but before we do, I know you have something you wanted to bring to the table as yes, well. I'm and so um, throw that at me there, Andre.
0: Okay, Parker, um, well, first I just, I really um, wanted to discuss, can, I know that it seems like it might be something in the past, but like Confederate monument removals mm. in North Carolina specifically. And so this, a lot of people don't realize that this is an issue still, but it's still an issue. Right. And no, so with that should... being said, um, I have a question, Parker. So what do you personally feel about Confederate monuments?
1: Oh, I think they're ridiculous. I don't know of any other country in the whole world that memorializes, like, the people that lost. Like, you don't memorialize who lost the war. The war is over. We don't need to think about that anymore. Y'all lost. Gotcha. Let's move on. Um, okay. I don't see any point to having those. They don't really, like, if you want to memorialize the soldiers that fought in the war, Right. We'll build one of those in a graveyard with those Absolutely. people.
0: Absolutely, it does not need to be yes.
1: on public property, on university campuses, on government okay. building property. So it you makes don't no it should me.
0: be at courthouse grounds, either. Absolutely
1: not. No, that's no. It makes no sense. Why? Why would we choose like, like if you think about it, in a lot of ways, like the people who fought in that war for the Confederate side, they're traitors to the country. They fought against the Union. Why are yes. we memorializing those people? <laughs> Yes, gotcha.
0: Okay, it. part, okay. <laughs> that is really funny because I feel that exact same way. But with that being said, there are a lot of people in position. A lot of North Carolina is very red. I don't know if you looked at all the counties when we voted more Trump in this election in 2020 than we did back in 2016. And that was crazy to me because, I mean, it was so many people people reaching out to me telling me to vote for vote blue and i see it was just so active um the democrats in this state i just knew we were going to be blue i really i really did but again it was very red and so in those red counties what you have to realize is there are a lot of people in power of like the town local government Right. Town council, mayor. And so with that being said, there are a lot of monuments, Parker, that they're not removing. Yes. In a lot of counties, but you got to realize. And so in more and more counties than not, there are monuments really memorializing traitors to the country. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, when what happened on January 6th with how they stormed the Capitol and to see how these people are <laughs> are really getting off very easy. I think they're getting off easy. I hate to derail this conversation just a bit, but did you see that the girl who stole Nancy Pelosi's laptop was released on house arrest? She was arrested, which was a little surprising, but once they did oh, arrest her, like, okay, they charged her with something pretty big. Because I feel like if it were like, let's say it were literally a Black Lives Matter mob, That went up in there, and like like I was a part of that mob, and I stole Nancy Pelosi's laptop. I just feel like I (laughs) would. I don't think
1: he would be on house (laughs) arrest at all, but you know, that's just my non professional expert opinion, having you know, watched what's happened in this country in the last 20 years. Gotcha. Just saying.
0: Okay, so <clears> that <throat> being said, um, there are a lot of movements around this state. Honestly, there are like several movements in a lot of different counties, mostly red counties, where there are people who are working to remove Confederate monuments. Oh, I know, and it is. Um, it's really interesting because it's like removing Confederate monument, removing confederate as it monuments, removing <laughs> Confederate monuments. It's like um a really hard thing to do, especially when you have to take it to like the board or the town commissioners and, or the, you know, the board of commissioners and they're all Republican. And what do you think they're going to vote to say? No. They're going to say, let's leave it there. And so it's really interesting how different people are working around the notes that they've been getting and they've been continuing to go back. And so I really do hope to somehow bring together a lot of these movements And to make it like one big movement so that we can get like collective action because i think it's like and then like a lot of these movements some yeah they grow but then at a certain point they get smaller and they Mm -hmm. might die out you know what i mean and so with that being said so if i send you a petition or two next week parker um regarding some Confederate monuments please sign them and share them for me i will yeah, do that yeah that's all i wanted to discuss honestly and just um because a lot of things people just assume like oh my goodness all of the monuments are taken down once it was like a popular story but now that it's not a popular story anymore people forget about these issues if that makes right. sense but there are but, people yeah. still fighting to um remove these monuments for example and it's going to be a fight that's going to last in the go into many years it's not going to be something that's going to be all done this year if that makes any sense
1: as it should be i mean i think the other thing is that the focus has been on like defeating trump
0: yeah for
1: so long that i think that we're going to start to see a revival of a lot of those kind of like progressive policy like action groups and activist groups who uh who have been so focused on like defeat trump get him out of office now they can kind of return back to some of the more specific policy goals that each group might be working towards. And so I think that it'll be interesting to see how, how movements to remove Confederate monuments kind of revive themselves in the next like six months or so, because I think that that's something that's on its way uh, just like there were, there's going to be a revival in, 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 in like the me too movement, there's going to be kind of a revival in going after kind of gun control. It's been so much Trump, 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 and the left has been so focused on that. And, and, and pretty much anyone who's not a MAGA supporter has been so focused on a lot of that, that a lot of the other stuff has kind of fallen to the wayside. So I would definitely say, hold out hope that that stuff is coming. And uh, it's definitely not over. Like that's, that seems to me to be um, uh, 100% true that it's not over. It is going to continue. It's still moving forward. And um yeah, there's a whole lot of monuments still standing. Like, we've got the Vancey mon- Monument here in Asheville that, like, they were talking about taking it down, and it's starting to sound like they're going to back out of that because they're too afraid of, like, Wait, where conservatives. Where is
0: it located in Asheville?
1: Smack dab in the middle of downtown. <laughs> <laughs> like, just, like, right there <laughs> in the middle of downtown. So, yeah. So even in, like, a liberal city and like, like Asheville, like, a, a hole in the Bible Belt, as we're known, yeah. Um, um, you're still seeing that kind of like reluctance to remove the the statues because there's no pressure. And I think the pressure is coming back. So I think that mo- those movements are coming back. It's not over. It's coming. It's it's going to continue to move forward. So,
0: okay, yeah. um, That was very yeah. interesting. A hole in the Bible belt. That's what yeah, they call it. I remember seeing that map again this year. And it was so much red in the map. It's just God red
1: me. and then like
0: blue. I, that i did not know it was i did not know i really did not know it was like that but it really this was theory. so much red but the mountains is pretty rural it is super rural it's it is um, yeah yeah absolutely
1: that's for sure
0: so, i have a question
1: okay hit me
0: do you happen to um do you owe any money on student loans
1: I owe quite a bit of money on student loans. Actually, I think as does as as do most people <laughs> my age and our age, unfortunately. Yeah,
0: a lo- exactly, a lot of and older
1: than like- us, still.
0: And you know, absolutely, and a lot of people younger than us are they're currently taking out debt. It's right true. Now, I really feel for people, the students, but and a lot of times it's the only option they have is to take out student loans. But I ask that because of I really am somewhat appreciating this movement to remove student loans Mm -hmm. or at least a part of them. Joe Biden seems to be in... President Biden seems to be in support of forgiving student loans, at least somewhat, or am I mistaken?
1: Yeah, it seems like that's what they're talking about. Um, uh, I'm less worried about what Joe Biden is in support of um, and more worried about what we can get the Republicans to sign on to. But... but I, I I appreciate that those things are a part of the conversation. That's for sure.
0: That do you think that Joe? Is it possible? I don't know if you know this answer. Um, but is it possible that he can just forgive student loans, like at least a small amount, with like executive action, with like one signature? Is
1: that? The I know case they're for? talking about that kind of stuff, but something like that, I imagine. Um, would face like con- some significant kind of backlash um, in the court systems. I would imagine there's got to be some sort of precedent for, for, for challenging that in the courts. And so while I'm sure he oh. could do it, I don't know how quickly that would move forward because of all the banks that stand to like kind of lose money. And I don't gotcha. know, you know, there's a, ho- it's really convoluted on how you kind of deal with that situation. Cause like the banks stand to lose a lot of money. So then the federal government, do they reimburse them? Do they not? Like what happens there? And I think that, it's, it's a little bit more in depth of an issue than just kind of ex- assigning an executive order um, without having some kind of legislative backing behind it. Gotcha. Um, that's at least my take on the issue. Anyway, I'm not, um, super educated on that, unfortunately, at the moment. I
0: got you, but one thing I appreciate about the Democrats calling for student loan um, forgive forgiveness. This is a bipartisan issue. It is. This is not a democratic issue. Or it is issue. This for the is most is part issue that affects literally most households in this country. There are some it households that are that una- may go unaffected, uh, but so many. This would benefit so many people, Parker, including I think so. myself. I have student loans. Yeah, I, I do too. Do. But I- honestly, I don't have that many. Thank God. Mm. and so um if they forgave ten thousand, i would be good if they forgave more it would be even better yeah however with that being said if they would it would be i think it would help um it would help this country out a lot
1: i think yeah i agree i I, think it's a great
0: possible i think it's do you think it's actually possible
1: I think it's possible and I think it's a good way to stimulate, stimu- blah, stimulate the economy um, after this whole pandemic thing. Like we're talking about not wanting to spend more money to stimulate the economy. Like here's a good way to kind of help exactly. do that. Like you may not be directly giving money to the people, but by taking away those payments by each month, you're really giving some money to the people. And yes, it is more expensive if we are going to go ahead and reimburse those banks, which I imagine they must have to do so the banks don't like lose all of that money, but I think that it's a real way to affect people's lives in a positive in a positive direction, and in a situation where a lot of people are not in a good situation with with the pandemic and. Not being in right. work and, and 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 you know correct. no You're no right. help coming no, from the federal government at all.
0: You are absolutely correct. You know, yeah. I mean, before the pandemic, people were struggling. So imagine people struggling and then the pandemic on top of absolutely. It. Thank goodness there have been like so much like um there have been like action with like student loan deferment, but without that, imagine had that not occurred. Oh, A I can't imagine. Just shit it was I hate to curse but it was um, at first I wasn't thinking they were going to do things like that I did not think that they were going to be but very thankfully they came through with that that just shows how much faith I have in this um, government (laughs) but they, I'm sorry I have no faith but even though they have done little they have every little thing that they do surprises me and I give them credit for it and this what they have done for student loan deferment during the pandemic has helped a lot of people mm-hmm. i i've heard a lot of people say very specifically and including myself parker well right. like seriously but now um and then it's like it i really did definitely did enjoy that but um with that being said i'm really hoping for some student loan forgiveness
1: i think that makes sense and from a policy standpoint i think uh there's definitely going to be trouble with people signing on from like kind of the more conservative side um people who are loath to give out um handouts as they would call them um but i i think that's the right move personally i think that's a way to really stimulate the economy and give people some spending money um and uh yeah and since we're talking about the biden administration and you know some of the things they're thinking about doing uh where do where where do they even go next like That's, that's, that's what I'm still trying to figure out. Like we're talking about student loan forgiveness. We're talking about specific issues here. I don't really see how we move forward as a country yet until we figure out, like we have to come together at some point. And so my question is like, we've got leftist protests happening in Portland where they are like, damn it. Like there's, there, there's property damage going on. There's arrest happening. There's tear gas being used. We've got that happening in Portland because they're unhappy with what Joe Biden is going to do. We've got, Whatever her name is, Green from Georgia, who is like filing impeachment (laughs) articles for no reason um, on the other side here. And so he's just like caught in the middle of these two warring factions that don't really want to stop. You're talking about Marjorie. Thank you, Marjorie (laughs) Green. Yeah, the QAnon lady. Um, And they don't want to stop. And
0: (laughs) I'm sorry, but she makes me laugh. (laughs) She is actually. She's not funny. She bothers me so much. I'm sorry. She, She's so rude. Parker, that lady is insane. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> She's insane. I'm pretty sure she was involved in the Capitol riots. Like if we want to get real, real serious here, her and that, um, I think her name is Bora, Bobert, Lauren Bobert, the two of them. I'm like, I, they have to be.
0: Parker, you are <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, they, I'm, I
1: should be more professional. I apologize. <laughs> they
0: get, you know, they get. <laughs> it's actually so funny. She they get me riled just, up. <laughs> Mar that lady literally, she makes me laugh. She but, does. Um,
1: but you've got the two people on either, like you've got she, these two sides that don't want to stop warring. And like, how do we move the f- country forward and start actually accomplishing like policy objectives if neither side will talk to each other?
0: You know what, Parker? You said some very interesting things. You, one thing you said, we really aren't going to be able to move forward unless we come together at least a little bit better than we are doing now.
1: Right. I mean, like, I get the idea that, like, we need to push and fight and work towards these policy objectives, these progressive kind of goals, these, like, North Stars, these $15 minimum wage, the Green New Deal, all that stuff. I get it. It's absolutely necessary. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is that that doesn't happen without having sign-on from the majority of the country. And we can't get that without talking to each
0: other. Yeah, I think – but I I really – You know what, Parker, you're correct, but I'm going to, I think that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, this, um, I'm really looking to them to step up. I am. Yeah. And so with that being said, I'm not looking to them to save anybody, be anybody's savior. Really. I think seriously, what I really expect from them, but I do expect them to really inspire this country in a way that. Trump was not able to. So with that mm-hmm. being said, the student loan cancellation I think would be a very good start. Yeah. Work that on is... issues because there are so many issues that are bipartisan. Seriously. Like yeah. there you can there are so many issues that are not necessarily Democratic issues or Republican issues, but you can at least begin re- and working on those. Right, Well,
1: but they're bipartisan, like, with the people, not the Congress, you know what I mean? Like, they're bipartisan issues for us down here, but if you're the ruling party up here, like, number one, you're not affected by any of those issues anyway, so, like, you have no idea what you're talking about. Number two, on the left, they want to do certain things, and on the right, they don't want to do those things, and there's no, like, there's no coming together ever. And it's just, I don't, I don't see, like, where, like... How do we get what, QAnon like, lady to talk to, like, Nancy Pelosi? Like, they're not going to talk to each other.
0: But the thing is, we don't necessarily need her. We don't need QAnon lady to talk to Nancy Pelosi, Parker. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I'm sorry, because we're we, we, we going to be dead waiting for Marjorie to go and do, to agree with Na- Oh, my God, Parker. We don't necessarily, and so with that being said, I think that what we got to realize in this country is that there are, this is a very, very, very diverse country partner with beliefs, I mean, more than just ethnically, more than just in race, more than just um, in nationality because there are so many different nationalities living here, more than in languages, but in belief systems and what people value. It, there, and so one central government is going to have to appeal to people from all different sides. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, they're going to have to enact policy that's not going to always be beneficial directly to me.
1: Right, that's true. But
0: with that being said, I think that they could do a little bit better than they are currently doing. And I think yeah. you are correct. It's, no, it's time out for like North Star. And I think that what we're going to have to do as a people is going to be the people. We're going to have to turn the pressure on the government. Mm-hmm. Because what I think, we put those Democrats into office. We voters put those Democrats into office. It was, they didn't just, they did not buy this election. They did not steal this election. We put them mm. into office. And what I've seen a lot of people say, a lot of organizers help put these people into office. Help right, Because true. so many organizers turn out the voting in Georgia and in so many other places. So with that being said, um, I think that they do owe us. They absolutely right. do. I think it's policy. I, agree. I don't think they are going to go write me a check for $8,000 just because I voted blue or encourage people to vote blue. But I do think that certain issues that I hope that they had prioritized, they will actually work on. For example, another stimulus deal.
1: Yeah, that would be helpful. Just like a little bit.
0: Did you ever get your last stimulus quarter? Yeah,
1: mine came through. It came through. Um, but I have awesome. like the direct deposit stuff. Are you still waiting on yours? Uh,
0: it'll come at some point. Probably by I hope by March one. Really, I'm really hoping by March. By March, what do you mean? Good God, that's
1: three months away. No, it's not. Exactly. It's like a month away. They're,
0: they're mailing mine, and they haven't mailed a lot of people. Oh. To they I don't think they've mailed anybody. They said they're if they say they're mailing it, they just haven't sent them out. So. I think what they're going to try to do is force people to all talent on their taxes. If you haven't, that um, tracks. You know, and that's yeah. What kind of stimulus is that? I right, that's that's what I I'm. I have thinking. to wait three months for it. That's not a stimulus. That's a tax credit. I know you it's needed that six
1: hundred dollars like three months ago already, and now we're waiting another. Like, oh my god! <laughs> Everything about this whole coronavirus response has been just. Mind blowing and so frustrating, and boy, I hope we're about to see some new stuff here.
0: Absolutely, do you think Trump is gonna be impeached again?
1: Uh, like convicted, I think. Um, I don't think so.
0: Convicted, yeah, sorry.
1: No, no, no don't I don't think, think so? he's going to. No, I think, uh, I think that had it happened right away, he would have been convicted, but That's we're so. waiting until February and the. Uh, attention span of this country is (laughs) so short and the (laughs) amount of crises that we've had thrown at us in the last year and a half ish (laughs) have been enough that i think that i'm willing to bet that by february 18th we've moved on to some other crises and uh and the storming of the Capitol is just like so far back in our collective conscience and memory that uh, that the, the Republicans that. are going to really get do. away. I hate
0: that with, specifically, Parker, because, yeah. again, if that were Black Lives Matter, it would still be in our collective conscience.
1: Yeah, and if it were Black Lives Matter, first of all, like, they wouldn't have been let out of the Capitol. They would have been rounded up and taken out in handcuffs. Um, and secondly, their leader would have been, like, thrown in jail immediately. So that's <laughs> clearly not the same response that we're seeing towards these yes. Capitol rioters. The insurrectionists...
0: So I'm just trying to think, like, so what do we make of Donald Trump now? Because I'm gonna tell you, can I share something with you, Parker? Yeah, absolutely. From the day Trump became president, I never ever referred to him as president. I never, he was never president Trump. I never looked at him as I really looked at as if I was without a president for four years mm-hmm. each day. Honestly, I never listened to his speeches. I honestly had him blocked on Twitter, and him his word his, the word Trump muted for my Twitter because oh. it was just Trump. Had, it was literally, and so then, but but Parker once he was literally once Biden was sworn in, I unblocked him, and but then his Twitter was taken down. Mm-hmm. So, but then I unmuted him though. I unmuted the word Trump, so then I started seeing everybody start talking about Trump. If that makes any sense. But with yeah. that being said, it's like what is to become of how am I supposed to feel about Trump now? Because he did do all of these bad, terrible things, but now should I forgive him? But Okay, now that he has no more power, should I just like basically forgive him? Is that what it is? Should we just basically forgive him and just pretend like it didn't exist? He didn't exist for the sake of unity? Because there are still so many people that just loves him. Should we just basically pat him on the hand like this? And just be like, you know what? And just bury it. Like, I think that might be the easiest way to bury it though, Parker. <laughs> to bury it, basically. I and think just-
1: we need to move on from Trump and relegate yes. him to the far fringes of our society. Yes. Put him on parlor, send him on to Newsmax, let him have his little ecosystem over there where he talks to like his three percent of the pop of like the population that like takes him takes him seriously in like a year. And let the rest of the country move on. I think that it's not forgiving him. It's actually more of a punishment for him to have no attention than for him to, than for us mm. to spend like years investigating his you are actually stuff right, and Parker. talking about him. He does, he wants attention. Parker, let's get him in the news. Actually. Like if he wants to be in the news cycle, let's take him out of the news cycle. Like, let's like, let's not talk about him anymore. That's why it's so awesome to see him not on Twitter. He literally can't control the news cycle. He's not said anything. He's pretty much disappeared from daily life in most respects, unless you're a MAGA supporter, which in that case, like you're already lost anyway. And I don't know really how we bring you back from the fringe. Um, And those people are going to continue to listen to him for over, like forever, over and over and over again, as long as he has some amount of uh, some, some type of a platform and some amount of sway people are going to, there are going to be people who listen to him, but I'd like to see him relegated to someone like David Duke, someone who is known as an extremist leader is ex- accepted as an extremist leader and is treated like an extremist leader. He hasn't been treated like an extremist leader up until this point, And he is, and he needs to be. And if we can relegate him to being someone who like, you know, marches around in the desert in Utah with their guns and pretends they're going to take on the United States military. That's awesome. Like put him out in the desert and let him do that. But we don't need to keep talking about him. I think as soon as we move, as the sooner we move on from him, the sooner he goes away and the worse he's going to feel about it. That's how I feel anyway, but.
0: I think you right though. I, I didn't look at it that way, but no, I think you're correct.
1: It's an interesting thought anyway. I think he really, he feeds on that attention and uh, by not giving it to him, I think that's about as big a punishment as he's going to get anyway. And so that's just how he is. Um, but, you know. I think uh, you just kind of have to move on from him. I think the country just has to kind of let it go and move on from him and remember how terrible he was and not let it happen again. We've tried Hollywood stars twice now. Like, let's not have any more Hollywood stars become president. We don't need Ronald Reagan. We don't need Donald Trump. Let's like actually let people who know what they're doing run the country.
0: Yeah. Mm, you know, mm, mm,
1: mm. I don't they I, were both
0: very disastrous for the American people, whether they know it or not. Mm. Hmm. Exactly. They were both That's how I cool. see it, anyway.
1: But you know, I think uh, I think we should swing back around to this Biden-Harris administration because I have one more question for you on this one. Um, okay. Uh, so we kind of talked about like some of the policy goals we're hoping to see the Biden administration pursue but we've kind of talked about things that they've already touched on and they kind of have mentioned that it's an issue they're looking at and i think it's interesting to talk about some of the things that have kind of fallen to the wayside like obviously the coronavirus is the number one priority and coming Mm -hmm. back from that but like we may be in a terrible spot as a country in terms of an economy and a society and and unity and all that stuff but there's also still iran there's also still saudi arabia there's also still north korea Those global policy issues are still facing us, even as we have all this stuff going on here. And for four years, we've had a bunch of CEOs with no foreign policy experience at the helm. You, oh my God. I'm curious what you think is the direction that the Biden administration takes. We've seen them, you know, get back into the Paris Climate Accords and, um, you know, are talking about seeking to make. Or re-enter a nuclear deal with Iran, but okay, at the so same so. time, what what are those things that have we've moved on from? Like, is is the the nuclear accord something we can get back into with Iran? Have we kind of lost that option? Like, what do you, what do you think about in terms of the global globals kind of position of America and our foreign policy at the moment? Where do we you see it kind of going?
0: There are a number of things that you say that I would like to respond to, but more specifically. Um... I think that I am glad to see that the US, we rejoined the World Health Organization. I'm also very happy to see that, yeah, we have re-entered the Paris Climate Accord. However, I pre- that's not enough for me. I want to see more pro-environment legislation. I, I, I absolutely must. Because that's the whole difference between the Democrats and Republicans, right? Trump did not believe in climate change. And so, Joe Biden, if you do, I want to see a difference. I want to see a remarkable difference. And so um, there was some data that showed when we originally locked down during quarantine, um, we reduced emissions by quite a bit. We were actually quarantining. We helped our environment quite a bit. I want to see more of that. I want, I know people do not want a a national lockdown, but I want to see such action. I want to see that happen anyway. I want to see them somehow make it happen. I know this asks them to make magic happen because Americans love to drive. Americans love to work. Their businesses must open. We must remain open. We must work. We must make, earn money. But I want to see legislation especially because there are new congress people and a lot of them prioritize climate um issues and climate legislation i'm really hoping to see i dip i i really want to see much i want to see some kind of decisive legislation some kind of action when and i want to be a world i want the u.s to be a world leader in terms of somehow reducing emissions. I don't want us to be like, oh, just doing the bare minimum, doing the climate um, um, accord with Paris or whatever, and all of them other nations. I want to see us really somehow find a way to step up or create something new that's like, you know what I mean? If that makes any sense. Absolutely. I know if, again, it's asking a lot, but I really want I want to see that happen. Well, I don't and, think it's
1: asking a lot. I think if we want to be the hegemon, we need to act like a hegemon and lead the world and everything. And
0: show that right now is not the time for us to continue on the path that we've continued.
1: We're not. You're exactly right. You're exactly right.
0: And so um, I definitely I, do want to see that. Um, something else that I want to see them, I want to see, I do want to see them focus on a lot of the people here. I want to see some, I want one thing I want them to do, I want them to federalize Juneteenth as a holiday. I so know that, that, that be might cool. be something people going to be like, oh, we don't need Juneteenth as a holiday. That's something that I feel like they should do. I, I think that like would be
1: a big step, honestly, in some ways. You know,
0: I mean, because like we have to, I really, I know that they're not going to probably do it. But I think that if again, as I was saying earlier, we the people are going to have to turn the pressure up on them on the issues that we think are important. Yeah.
1: I think, that's I think they're going to true.
0: try to appeal to so many different people. And I think that they might do, do that successfully if that makes any sense. But I think that there are going to be a lot of things swept under the rug that I just do not want to be swept under the rug. And Juneteenth is not one. I want, and I don't want just like some kind of a small celebration in the White House. I want them to say, this is as important of holiday as like Martin Luther King Day or July 4th, because it is. And I think that that would definitely increase the support. And because people don't really know when, because people were never taught about what Juneteenth thought. A lot of people weren't, mm-hmm. honestly. And yeah. I think that having that a day off would absolutely be a great start and then there are a lot of people a lot of black people black Americans who celebrate Juneteenth but sometimes have to work on the action on June 19th or have to work on that weekend or something like I'm sorry but I I want that to be treated like for the July I really do because I'm always I do not want to have to with my job about having to take the day off if that makes any sense
1: oh i agree i think that's a great idea i think we always need more opportunities to be out in the backyard barbecuing i think Thank it's you, a great like why not uh, why are like, we how not how spending the whole weekend celebrating that i think that's hey, a great idea that's you, awesome Dr.
0: parker see you understand <laughs> you do you understand like how do you not want a freaking other holiday in the summertime like yeah the, what do you mean
1: throw me a tuesday off i'll take it we're gonna grill in the backyard absolutely brats and fireworks i'm down Thank you. Listen to there's going to be some drumming or something. Uh, Oh, there you go. I'm all about it. Perfect.
0: I am too. And I just, we're just so backwards because I really do. We are so backwards. This country is so backwards. We need more time off. We work 40 hours a week, five days a week. And that's on average. That's just a full time week. A lot of people work more than that. Yeah. A lot of people really do work more than that. And I just, that's ridiculous. Like, we need more time off.
1: <clears throat> yeah but yeah, yeah i
0: do want to see i do want to see action when it comes to um june tank specifically that is the one i think is i mean i mean among many other things but that's what's very important to me yeah no then i, I know that. that they could they could even if they don't necessarily federalize it there is some step that they could take towards it that i'm like oh wow so and it's not like it's not going to be like very costly if that makes any sense right it's not like i'm asking them for like reparations on this next Juneteenth for all the Black Americans in the South or something. You know what I mean? Right. So, exactly. So, I'm saying, like, you guys could make Juneteenth. So, in the meantime... <laughs> in the reparations
1: meantime, Juneteenth.
0: So, in the meantime, <laughs> let's, go, let's go ahead and get Juneteenth. Because I, I want to see that there is a difference to... um. Trump's response to Black people, I think, was horrible. What he did was literally, um, he didn't really take any African American issues seriously, for one. And for two, what his response would be is like place like Diamond and Silk or Omarosa in front of us and let them just basically, or like Candace Owens. It was. The worst Parker. And so, the one thing I can say about the Biden Harris administration, they are at least consulting African Americans with education and are putting African Americans and and just Black people in general in positions of power um, that are not like freaking reality stars.
1: Right. You feel me? No, I feel you.
0: Give me, no, you can, what qualifications does Diamond and Silk have? To be speaking in front of so many clowns, none exactly. Trump just knew he he did not take African American issues seriously or
1: any black issues seriously because he didn't it, take he, anything he, seriously besides like making money for himself. Though, like you know, but you are
0: correct. Everything was a show, you, and that's what's so sad.
1: It is. Um, it really I is. I do
0: think that um, another thing that I think that this campaign, I mean this um administration, should take seriously um. I feel like I would like to see a much better response. I know that we talk about this all the time, but immigration, I really want to see a better response to, I don't know how, but like, and I I really want there to be a much easier citizen path to citizenship. I really want to see them somehow over the next four years Really, somehow, come up with a much easier citizenship, patch citizenship right. for people that come here from other countries. Because it absolutely, I could. It's ridiculous. It's like if I were in another country, if I were had the same finances and everything, me and my family. But let's say we were from like Haiti or Jamaica or somewhere. I'm not sure I would be able to have immigrated here. Or to oh, absolutely not. Here. I don't understand why a lot of people who do come here never become documented. Right. I hate to say that, I really do. But I don't want them to feel like they they don't belong here. That's why I feel like because they do belong here, they have made it here and are currently here, you belong here. But I do want and I want them to be subject to the same laws, the same taxes. I want it to be completely fair. I want it to be. I don't want it to be like an impossible thing because, and uh, there are so many fees that goes into becoming a citizen, Parker. It's a process. Be staying a citizen, it's ridiculous how much how many fees there are. And so that being said, um, I want I want a lot of that to go away. I really do, but I don't want. I don't want it to be like anybody could just walk up in here and just. Walk, but I do think that I want people to come here and be and have an actual path to becoming a citizen. If that right. makes sense. Oh, because I agree. The, it, it's ridiculous. And then the actual citizenship test, I was looking at some of those questions and was well, like, most people who are actually citizens those, can't answer If those my things. family had to take some of those tests, they would not become a citizen. No, most citizen. of those things you can't, like, I, I,
1: yeah, I don't, yeah. Most of those tests, like, people who are actually like we're born here and are citizens can't answer the questions on those tests. Like I just, yeah. yeah, it makes no sense. And, you know, and it's interesting, like you kind of bring up, you know, having people feel welcome when they're here. I think that that's absolutely an issue um, and making sure that people have a path to citizenship is absolutely an issue. I think that there's an interesting approach to tackling the immigration problem and the illegal immigration problem that, We don't really talk about as much. And it's that there is a huge opportunity to invest in Mexico's growth, to Hmm. address the drug war, get rid of the war on drugs and have different policies on our drug issues, address the cartels and, you know, take away their source of income and take away the, 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 the root of the problem of immigration, which is the drug trade in a lot of ways, and the problem in Mexico, Mexico has the opportunity to become a huge manufacturing opportunity for the United States, for like global companies. Because right now we send most of our manufacturing to like China and to, to Asia and India and places like that, where the shipping costs to get stuff there, raw materials, there, manufactured stuff back. And the political geopolitical situation with China specifically there is a great opportunity for us to turn into to help Mexico become an industrial powerhouse, a place where like our fortune 500 geo like international companies can have their cars manufactured in Mexico and shipped to the United States that way. And we have a way to invest. And I'm not saying like make Mexico, like the the slave States, of the United States, or like make them like a state that like is sufficient, like uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, their survival, it kind of depends on us, but I'm saying help them help them get them out of themselves out of the situation that they're in at the moment, which is that there is kind of rampant corruption. There's rampant crime there. There are issues going on in a lot of areas in Mexico that the United States can help with. And if the United States turns Mexico into like helps Mexico become a country that is a place people want to stay, a lot of those me. Like immigrants from South America are going to stop in Mexico where they already speak the language and don't have to learn a whole new language, don't have to take a ridiculous citizenship test. They're going to stop and they don't have to travel through the Sonoran Desert and the Chihuahuan Desert to get there on these dangerous, like, trips. We should be making it an opportunity for them to stop in Mexico. We should be making it an opportunity for them to stop wherever they'd like to and turn the whole of North America into, like, this economic powerhouse. and, and and it shouldn't just be America is like this place. And we're like the one spot you want to come to Like we need to make Canada. We want to like, we need to bring everybody up with us as we grow. And I think by doing that, we're offered, we're giving ourselves the opportunity to expand on where we are now and really fight back on kind of China's attempted takeover of the global economy and the way that they're doing that. And, and really like three countries is better than one country, man. Let's like team up, let's get together on this. Let's, Get Mexico on the right path. Get them to away from the corruption. Get them away from the drug trade, and get them away from the cartels. Help them because it's a problem we've caused. Like, don't get me wrong. We have caused the cartel problem. It's our fault. We need to go up and cl- going and clean up the mess. <laughs> yes. And by cleaning up the mess, we're already going to be helping a lot. And the way to do that is by addressing the war on drugs. So I think that, like, really, the way to address the immigration issue is to get rid of the war on drugs. To and and really go in and help invest in, a, in building Mexico into a a, a, a well functioning corruption free kind of country, that um, in a lot of places it's not at the moment. In a lot of places it, it, it is. It's just that there are certain areas that it's you know, it's not safe to go there because the cartels are in charge because they've paid off the local officials and 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 so I think that that's something we don't talk about very often. And I think that it's an interesting way to try to address the immigration issue and also boost ourselves economically as a country and as a region so that's my ted talk thank you (laughs) there's a whole lot there but anyway
0: no but no you are absolutely i I really enjoyed every bit of it and one thing we have to realize is mexico has been i think a pretty friendly neighbor to the u.s they have (laughs)
1: <laughs> we don't treat them very been,
0: well, but they are. We do not treat them well at all, but they have been pretty friendly. They provide a lot for us. They do. Culture, among many other things. I'm a huge fan. I would love to travel to Mexico sometime. Me too. Mexico City, I really, really must travel it to is Mexico. It is up there on the and list. I think we don't appreciate them enough. They have so, and we, but the thing is this, I think that we do, we like Mexican culture, but this country doesn't I value Mexican people. Mm, they do and that's not. the same with black people and a lot of other um, people in this country, but especially absolutely. with Mex- Mexico specifically. I think that we, when we speak of it, we speak of it in a negative way. Well, this country doesn't, or this government doesn't take it very seriously. If that makes yeah. sense, and we don't take it as like the powerhouse. We try to look at it as like oh, little Mexico or whatever. If that makes any sense. Oh,
1: absolutely. But in
0: big, strong, bad U.S. Right, But with that being said, you are absolutely correct. I do want to see us invest more in Mexico because we have done so many, well, this country has done so many things to like literally steal and hurt Mexico. So now we could literally invest in it, Tom. I think it's the, it would be a huge step for the whole region. I know for a fact it would be, a lot of Americans would want to even travel to Mexico even more. Yes, People already travel there a lot. So to make it safer to travel to and make it like a more of a diverse place because Mexico is diverse. There are uh, Black people in Mexico. There are people from different countries that like already travel and migrate to Mexico. There are several different languages spoken in Mexico with Spanish, of course, being the majority. But Mexico, that also have like different indigenous groups. that are I agree. There. But with that being said, I do would love to see Mexico... Become a much more important country in North America because I agree the U.S. is just not it. We should travel. I'm just gonna be honest. It is just not it.
1: It's beautiful, but it's it's getting more and more frustrating to live here. That's for sure. Um, but I, and the other thing is, I don't know that we need to even stop at Mexico. As I'm thinking about it a little bit here, like the European Union. Why don't we have an Ameri- like an American Union? And I'm mean, like the United States of America. Like I mean, like why are we not working with Argentina, working with like Brazil, economic powerhouses throughout the whole Eastern hemisphere and working to build ourselves a real economic union. We are the problem or the, the cause of a lot of the issues that most of those countries South of us are facing has a lot to do with American policy in the last like 70 years. Um, and even earlier. And so we've made a huge mess, I mean, all around the world, but we've made a huge mess in South America and we have made a huge mess in Central America and we need to go in and clean those things up. And I think that, you know, we've talked about, like I said, of course, Mexico and Canada, we could become a great trio. We could be an awesome economic union where like OPEC could be like, not OPEC, what am I talking about? That's the oil one. Where like the, the the, I can't think of the name, but like the, we've got this trade union at the moment with South America, and it could be a much more powerful economic block, like the European Union here, where we're starting to talk about like globalized trade, like you want to talk about like, globalization, we're talking about globalized trade in a way that we have never done on a scale that we've never done before, as Americans. By working with these other countries, I think we have an opportunity and personally, but I don't know that that's going to be something that's necessarily pursued because it's kind of politically iffy to send money to other countries at the moment, given all the issues we have here.
0: Yes, but but even um, if you don't say money to them Parker, there are still things that we could be doing in the meantime.
1: We absolutely should be doing more to help support and to be helping develop the countries because we've made messes in a lot of those countries ourselves. There are there are, there are messes that we've made that we need to go in and clean up. Yeah. And I think that by addressing some of those living conditions in Colombia in 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 Guatemala and in El Salvador and Honduras, all of those places, that would help to stem a lot of the illegal immigration because people don't want to leave their homes. They leave their homes because of a specific reason. And so it's it's as with every issue, it's much more convoluted than I think just like uh you know building a border wall.
0: Yeah. You know? Yes, but I think that you have some very interesting points though. Absolutely. And I but in some places I do think it's probably too dangerous. It's just certain places I think that they have just become so dangerous it's just it's going to be pretty bad for a little while until it gets better, but I do think that people would rather stay in their homes, and I do think I would much rather encourage that. I'm not trying to sound xenophobic at all, but like the U.S. is great, but I like that there are other nations. If everybody moves here, that's not going, that's not, I don't like that other nations are losing people, If that makes any sense. No. And that's what I kind
1: of am thinking is that if you address the situations that make people want to leave, like, for instance, in Honduras and El Salvador, you literally can't like walk outside without worrying about being shot because of gangs and rebellions and all sorts of things that, again, are connected to things the United States did in like the 1950s and 60s. They're messes we made. And I think that by addressing and cleaning up the messes and kind of helping establish strong governments in those countries governments by and for the people. We've already had a history of establishing governments ourselves in South America and it didn't go very well. So I'm saying like, let's support what the people would like and in the Caribbean and all sorts of places, let's support what the people would like, let them have free and fair elections, pick a government that they support and figure out a way for the countries to move forward. Because I think that there's an opportunity for America to help, clean up messes and to help develop this whole Eastern hemisphere economically.
0: But do you think that the Biden um, administration will do that? What do you think they will actually do when it comes to Latin America? I don't know.
1: I don't think that they've touched a lot on what they're going to do with Uh, Latin America.
0: I've seen some people, I don't, you know what? I don't mean to counter what you've been saying, Parker, at all. But I've seen some people that's been like, oh, Biden's freaking um his response to not necessarily his response, but his policy won't be much different than Trump's when it comes to Latin America.
1: I think overarching policy doesn't change a lot administration to administration um without a huge shakeup in kind of like the thinking around certain foreign policy objectives. I think that um to see that kind of huge uh, shift in kind of our policy objectives in the in the eastern hemisphere i think we would have to see we would have to we would need to see from not only like the ground up movement in that direction but um i think also an interest and uh um willingness to kind of work with us coming from other governments i think you know again the United States has a history of doing this kind of thing and really screwing up. And so I know that there are a lot of people who are kind of reticent to kind of accept our help, don't really want us involved. And I get that. I think they're completely true here because what was going on before was more of trying to build an empire in all some ways, kind of, um, yes. you know, trying to build like our own and trade empire. Say,
0: what's the difference between then and now? Is, and you know what
1: I mean? Exactly. So, and I here- think that we have to come at it from a different angle in a a, where we're trying to come up as a a union
0: it's not colonial
1: it's about bringing everybody up on the same level and equalizing the playing field yeah yeah but
0: that would require us to come down a little bit parker I don't think
1: so. I think we can okay. bring people up. I don't think that equalizing means everybody has to come down to meet the benchmark. I think equalizing means you can bring people all the way up to meet where you are. And I think that that's what every, we need to try oh, to do. Gotcha. Okay. That
0: you, makes know, sense. you
1: know, why can we not like all be successful yeah. economically we at the can. same time? We can. You
0: know? We actually can but exactly. the way that the United States has operated, it's like bigger, the U S is bigger and better and better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. So, and then so if everybody is at their level, in people's mind, the U.S. Has, has fallen. Yeah, the U.S. has fallen. You know what I mean? In some people's mind. But I don't think that will be like a huge issue because I do think um, it is definitely time out for big, bad U.S. Everybody else is down here. Yeah. Especially when it comes, I think that we should really approach things from a different perspective, like you just said, in a unique way. Literally yeah. take each nation in a very unique way and really approach it very sensitively, if that right. makes sense. Yeah. Knowing, given the history, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think that there's, but I think there is an opportunity, I think, for everybody, honestly, to kind of come from that. But We'll see what happens, and uh, I think it's going to take a pretty pretty big groundswell um, to to make that happen. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. I don't know, but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know. And I think, Andre, I'm coming to the end of all the things I have to talk about for the Biden administration at the moment. I don't know if you have have anything else to add. I um,
0: actually was about to ask you if you had anything else to add because I, right now, I you know what? There's one more thing all right, I would throw like it at to me. see some kind of some kind of criminal justice reform not even necessarily something mass and large but I want to see something to start because I feel like um Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have experience with um criminal justice so I'm hoping to see something whether it be yeah. like letting go of all the marijuana I mean I know again it's not might necessarily have to be anything large like that but I do want to see a start. I want those yeah. conversations to begin yeah. and holding somehow holding police accountable. I would like to see those conversations come from the I know that they I, and again this um administration they value police. I'm glad they do because the police do a lot for um, this country. They do. they do, but the same like some part some parts of this country. Um, but at the same time, so I understand how they can't just say "fuck the police," or you might have to edit that out. But I understand how Biden can't just say that. But at the same time, there are a lot of people in this country who do. So that being said, and they're saying that for very valid reasons. Right. They're not just saying it because they just are saying we wake we wake up one day and just hate police. No, it's because the police usually have killed a lot of our loved ones or something or have harassment <laughs> right. in some way. Yes. And so with that being said, I want to see them really unite unite America with the police honestly if they can make that and unity is not going to happen unless change happens so with in that aspect it's not going to be like everybody's going to start loving the police next year because joe biden said to do it (laughs) that's not going. no no (laughs) i don't think that
1: many people are going to do anything because joe biden said to do it to be completely honest with you You um (laughs) but I think we can hope that he does take some steps in that direction for sure. And uh, I, I think we can hope that we see some steps, not only coming from the top, but coming from the bottom from like police departments. Let's see them hold themselves accountable. Like, you know, let's get some chiefs in there who actually get it and aren't just part of the fraternity.
0: Now that's going to be hard there because they like to support their own. Yes, they do. Uh, They do. do that. And they make that very clear. (laughs)
1: <laughs> they yes they do yeah. <laughs> I
0: mean, good for them
1: yeah I mean have I you, you seen those New York Police Union videos <laughs> oh
0: uh. yikes <laughs> but really though yikes talk about is... some fake news good god yikes is correct <laughs> literally And oh, oh my goodness Whew. Did you? I don't know if you saw this. This is um maybe one last thing that we can discuss before I mm-hmm. let you go, Parker. I know that you have a busy evening. <laughs> Not <Okay>. at all. Okay. <laughs> no. So Durham, North Carolina. Are you familiar with that city? Durham.
1: Yes, I am okay, cool. familiar with Durham.
0: Okay. Cool. So their police department. We took to Twitter um, about a week and a half ago, and they posted a picture. I don't know what kind of response. I really don't know what kind of response they were expecting, but they were literally dragged nationally.
1: They were <laughs> literally
0: dragged. So what they posted was a, oh boy. V- a picture of a um, new car that they got for their um, community policing um, efforts. And so it was a charger, a brand new charger, and it was they were bragging about how it was so secretive that you couldn't tell that it was a police car until it was up on you and they were like being super and it it, apparently it came from a community policing budget or something part of and it was a lot of people were upset and was like how is this a part of community policing and a lot of people in a lot of other countries were responding like in our countries police drive cars that are literally recognizable. So that if someone needs help, we go to them. We don't train people to be scared to run away from the police. And I think like things like that. But the thing is, is the Durham Sheriff did actually respond to all of the dragging.
1: (laughs) Oh boy.
0: (laughs) And they're like, oh, we did not mean to offend anyone. It was something so very political. I was like, (laughs) it was crazy it was actually hilarious but they were dragged for filth because i do think that that's an issue and i do think that people should be i if i need help i'm not calling the police i can't think of i mean now uh, hold on now but if i see someone else need help i might call the police to you know what i mean but if yeah. i need help i will try to resolve it myself because i just do not want police always make certain situations worse a lot of times yeah they don't always
1: come in with uh with the with the best intentions i suppose
0: but with that being said that was something that um it was hilarious that so many like they got like it was i'm not joking it was like more than ten thousand people had like literally quote tweeted it and was like just ratio and them telling wow. them like congratulations you're awful you're the worst and I mean and it was it was they had valid points because how that does not make people want to unite. <laughs> you're telling me that you're going to you just bought a new car in the middle of a pandemic when there are so many people in Durham that are hungry. There are people in Durham that are still getting evicted. There are people in Durham that could have used that money for so many other things. Yeah. But that money went to police, and you're saying you're going to give us more money for tickets? You're going to take more money from me? You're going to throw us in jail? Like, that's what this tool is for. You this can't is tell it's a police car. Exactly. They were just bragging about it, and once they didn't expect such a response. I mean, and so many, it, it really became very big news, but it, it created a very important conversation about why are our police cars um, so unidentifiable? Don't you want to be able to identify a police? Because in that case, anybody could just be driving a car and just say, I'm pulling you over because I have lights. You know what I mean? Right. Well, it's so the you difference say- between like having a police force that is
1: meant to help the community versus having a police force that's meant to police the community. You know, I, mean, like in other countries, the, 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 the police force, the, the like on the street police force is not there to like, I mean, they're there to keep the peace and they're, they're there to like enforce the law, but they're not there to like, you know, catch you in the act and be like, aha, I was hiding and I got you. Exactly. So like, no, <laughs> like they've, you know, like that's not the whole thing. They right. like, they don't do that kind of stuff in the same way. I mean, they, I'm sure they do, but like it's that the, the idea is not that it's a population that needs to be caught because they're all like inherently misbehaving and they're inherently breaking the law. The idea is that the police are there to help you because they have some amount of power in, 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 in the situation. And they have some resources that they can come and get you out of a situation. They're there to help. But in America, it's about taxing the population is about policing the population it's we're all inherently criminals in some way and we need to be caught in the act by unidentifiable cop cars apparently
0: yes that is America. that is america this is america (laughs) oh parker this is america
1: this is america (laughs) it is where it is um but you know we can always be hopeful and keep working towards um uh uh a society where that's not not quite a thing as much i think
0: one of these days
1: one of these days remaining hopeful
0: what? Mm-hmm. well parker did you have anything else that you wanted to discuss i think
1: before? i'm good i think we've pretty much touched on everything today and uh yeah there's been a lot we're gonna try to get to doing this a little more regularly i'm sure um yeah you know Life has been crazy for me. And I know you've had some of the same kinds of issues. But, uh, oh,
0: oh, yeah, it has. Life has been crazy for me as well, Parker.
1: Yeah, but we're excited to hopefully get back into doing this more often. Yay, so,
0: we are excited yeah, to get
1: back into We sure too. are. It is true. So thanks, everyone, for listening. We appreciate it. This yes, has been Buddy Politic. Um I'm Parker Brewer. And this is Andre Tyson with me tonight. And uh, we'll talk to you all next time.